Welcome back to the Hold That Podcast podcast, everyone. I am your host, Chris Branch, along with my co-host, Brody Miller. We are both of The Athletic. And Brody, how are you on this beautiful Monday in South Louisiana? I am uh, I am in the, f- the full off-season mode of just kind of, there is not... LSU football news or anything really to do, which is kind of the best time for podcasting, in my opinion, because that just means it's take season. It, like I did a mailbag last week and it was just like, oh, man, this is the time for everybody to just argue about everything. Obviously, it's, there is still a lot, a lot going on, though. Sure. LSU I mean, baseball. Yeah, there is. You know, before I get into LSU, uh, talking yeah. about the show today, what what is what is offseason Brody like? What's a, what's a day in the life of offseason Brody? I mean, I don't want this all recorded. Like, you know, I, I don't, you know, this could be a bad look for me. <laughs> off season, I mean, it's a lot of, well, I mean, the responsible answer, which is accurate, is yeah, we're trying to work on like bigger, more interesting things, kind of use the free time to our advantage, like, you know, stories that you guys will all hopefully enjoy, you know, not just the daily stuff. But yeah, it's also like not afraid to go to Jazz Fest one day, you know, last week with you. Yeah. Uh, or like not afraid to, I don't know, you know, uh, maybe fire up of, you know, uh, a video game or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no so shame that, in that. It's a nice, absolutely. Uh, especially our old, our listeners from the T Bob era know that I during the height of the pandemic who? I went down a uh, who? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah. I went down a bit of a computer strategy game nerd uh, rabbit <laughs> hole. So yeah, I think you see a little bit of that in off season mode. But man, it's yeah, I, I love off season mode. But I also like find myself ansily trying to figure out what to do with my hands. Well, we're you know as. Uh, anybody who has been through a football offseason, which I'm sure most of our listeners have, we're very early. So by the time July comes around, we're going to be begging for for data and action and and stuff to go off of. But for, for now, it's very fun. And yes, that's correct. We did hold that Jazz Fest. Um, it was great. Let's get into the show, though. We so had a today, good day. We had a great day. Wait, what was your favorite thing you ate, though? Oh, it was... Uh, I ate You didn't a- eat much, did you? No, I did. I ate a um, pecan catfish maniere. It was great. Oof. It was really good. Um, I also had a bite of my wife's Kushana Le Po Boy. Um, and then I had a and? I I had a crawfish pie, something like that. Yeah, I had a crawfish pie. It was great. How was um, What was your favorite thing? I was going to say, what was your favorite? It was it was the the manier the pecan manier. It was it. I was shocked at how good it was served on a styrofoam. This is a dish that. <laughs> you know, eating in South Louisiana, it's like going to be $34 at a restaurant and served in, on this plate with, you know, this beautiful presentation. This was like just slid to me across the table on a styrofoam plate. But like somehow they made it look really pretty compared to all like the just sandwiches and po'boys that, you know, there is out there. And it was it was fantastic. I was I was shocked at how good it was, but it was great. I mean, was, keep in mind, this was my first Jazz Fest. So it was like my first real just getting thrown to the wolves of like this is just heaven mm-hmm. and i think i wasn't ready for like how accessible every i didn't expect literally everything to be like just in like stands and like there's not even really bad lines because there's so no. many options and you can just swing by and like in 30 seconds be like you know what i do want a, a crawfish beignet or like you know what i do want like a i don't know crawfish strudel or whatever right. and just plop in and spend like five dollars and just buy it. and it's not like a ton of food so you can kind of actually just consistently eat all day and not like actively despise yourself because it's like all right i tried this or like split it with the partner so you're crossing checking it off you're not eating too much so i had 
crawfish beignet, um, had the oyster patty, had oh what you were there. What else did I get? That was you in that had trio? that sampler plate. It looked really good. Yeah, it was like a sampler plate of it was another crawfish thing. It was like a crawfish. Um, it's like a doughy thing. Either way, had a bunch of those. And then had and then I didn't tell you this, but as we were leaving, we're like, screw it. I'm a little hungry. And I got we got we sh- we split a cochon de la po boy. Oh my god, so good, right? Like my answer was crawfish beignet. Like that was oh, I also had a meat pie, Natchitoches meat pie. Mm-hmm. But uh, like my answer was the the beignet. It was perfect. It was like cohesive. It was this perfect little bite of like that mixture of the greasiness of a beignet with just that crawfish flavor. No notes. It was nine out of ten. But then as I'm as we're leaving, we get this po boy for the drive home. We're splitting it on the drive, and we're just like, is this the best thing I've ever consumed? <laughs> That's is the, this like it was yeah. immaculate? It's so it, that was my number one. It is. It, it's so weird at this, you know, uh, jazz and heritage festival that is focused on seafood and all this creative stuff. And the best thing that, or the thing that I miss the most during the two pandemic years that jazz was gone was a Cochandale po' boy. Um, it's a place out. I, I think it's out in New Orleans East um, that does it. But it's just, I, it's so good and. I'm glad you got it. Yeah, and no, I know I'm not like original loving that, but I wasn't ready. It was perfect. Still, you don't like texture. Ex- you don't expect a moisture the best to guess. it. Like a lot of times, a cochon delay, like a porky po boy, you're just kind of like, eh, it can get dry. I guess yeah. is my answer. And like that was just perfect texture and that little like mayo, that mayo-y sauce. Like because mm-hmm. it's more than just a mayo, right? Like oh. God, I want another so bad. I really regret not going the second weekend, but I was exhausted. We can, we can go out to uh, the the place and get it, but. I think it's great that at the Jazz and Heritage Festival, a, co, a stewed pork po' boy uh, wins <laughs> is easily the best thing there to me. Um, but, Brody, I do think we should actually get into the show, although we do have more food takes later for you in the last five minutes, Club. As routine listeners will know, we spend the last five minutes, which is a lie in itself because it turns into more 20 or 25 minutes, talking about whatever debates uh, dominate our listeners here, but today we're going to talk about some uh, some preseason rankings for LSU and whether they should be ranked or not. We're going to talk about a possible neutral site game idea that I think was pretty fun. Won't probably won't happen, but it's fun to think about. And then we have a couple of things in the last five minutes, Club, talking about some quarterbacks and talking about some food takes. You ready, Brody? I am absolutely ready. Let's do it. Okay, so our colleague, or no, let's let's talk about rankings. Sorry, I, I got out of order already. Yes. So we're very early for preseason rankings, but I do think it's interesting to set our expectations going forward this offseason and even in the fall camp, that if you survey the landscape of top 25 preseason early rankings, nobody seems to know what to do with LSU. And I know that we kind of talk on here that we're really excited to see and and you and I get into the nitty-gritty of position groups and where we think weaknesses and strengths are, but we really don't know what this team is going to be like, and it's all new and everything. So just to, just to give you the wide range here, our colleague Stuart Mandel uh, did a top 25 of the post-transfer portal, like early period. Because originally he did not have them ranked. Correct. So he In part put- on my information to him, I'm like, no, don't. They're a mess. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. And then LSU was very active in the portal, as we all know. Uh, and Stewart put them 25th. Now, ESPN's Mark Schleywald did not have them ranked. 
But according to the two separate, and you know, Brody loves to dive off this rabbit hole here, and I do too. But the, the two advanced metrics that kind of dominate college football talk at the moment among the more popular crowds. SP Plus has LSU projected to be the 45th best team in the country right now, which obviously not ranked. And then if you go by ESPN's FPI, they have LSU 11th. So what do you make of all this, Brody? Do you, do you think, I mean, there's not even like a narrative we can pick out there of, okay, people, the computers and the reporters think that LSU is going to be pretty good or pretty bad. There, there, there's no consensus at all. So what do you think about all this and what do you value more in these preseason rankings talk? Well, I think the unfortunate truth that like is that the you just have to throw data out. Like you just literally have to because, mm-hmm. I mean, one, the amount you're replacing, like the data just isn't going to be accurate. You know, two, like even the players that are well-known commodities or transfers, then you add in a new coach, all this stuff. And it's like, Quite frankly, we're on year three consecutive of LSU being basically the toughest program in the country to like pin down because 2020, it was like, okay, they're replacing 19 starters. So like, how do you even know? And then last year it was like, okay, but you, 2020 was such a disaster and Bo Pelini, not yada, yada. You just have to like completely throw that out. And I'm like, hey, these rankings saying they're like the 50th best team. That's not accurate. Like there's a lot of talent. And guess what? I was wrong again. So like. Is that an argument that the data was actually right? Or just that, like, Edojan really was, this program was just falling off so hard because there's no reason LSU should have been 6-6 six and six talent-wise last year. So, I, for FP Plus having 11, or FPI having them 11, no. I mean, that that's just <laughs> extreme. But also, and I know I'm exhausting, like, there are scenarios where LSU just raw talent if it clicks – yeah, I mean, if they go 9-3, and three, they're 11 in the country, right? So, like, there are scenarios where that's accurate, and there are also scenarios where LSU is 6-6 six and six again, and mm-hmm. 45 is accurate. Like, it's all, you just got to, so I think the answer is you got to do your actual, own, wow, I, woof, about to say do your own research. Um, <laughs> but no. you have to really look into it and, like, dive into things and really, so no one's wrong for any prediction you make. So it's like my preface to everyone is, I'm not saying that as if I'm not going to debate it. I'm about to debate it very strongly. But like when these things come out, like you love seeing fans get up in the arms saying, we'll show you wrong. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. Like this is preseason. And if you win, you're LSU, you're going to go up. So why do you care? But we care because we like debating. We, we do care. And you know, so, the, I did leave a metric out, Brody, that I think is very important yeah, to – South Louisiana recently, uh, and maybe I placed a small wager on this. Caesars has the LSU over under wins at seven. I placed a, a a nice little bet on the over. Um, I think that's what were the odds. Like, is it just minus one ten? Yeah, it was it was minus one ten. Okay, okay, but wow, that yeah, I mean. That's a. I think if you're, especially if you're an LSU fan, you have to take that over because it's like at least you push on seven. I didn't. I didn't feel like, bad about taking the over at all. No, I think it's the right call. I because you should win seven. If you don't win seven again, it's bad news. Woof! You don't even mind losing that money because you're sad about other stuff. Correct. Exactly. That, that was my exact th- thing. So I think that's another. And you know, seven wins is going to be unranked to me, uh, especially with the losses that you will probably incur. If you only win seven oh, yeah. games or six games, um, 
I guess I, I guess the better way to frame this conversation, Brody, is to ask if you were voting in the preseason AP poll, which are you? I don't even know if you are or not. I am not in that one. Nope. Okay. Where would you put LSU right now if you had to vote? So I'm biased because I, I like discussed where to put LSU with, with Stu when he put him at 25. Okay. I, the way I almost put it to him was like 25 is the safest move you could ever make because you are simultaneously acknowledging LSU – it's good enough to click and beat anybody. So no. So if you put them 25, you're like the only one doing it. And, you know, and they win. You're like, see, I had them ranked. But 25 also indicates you're not really one of the good SEC teams. So if they stink, you're like, see, you know, I barely, I didn't even really like them. So it was a, it was a savvy move. So, but if you just like, I try to just like take away, because this thing that sucks about preseason rankings too is it's all about last year. Right. And it's like, taking context that we have and reframing and i try to just like actually look at what do we know what is the present day and yeah i think deep down my gut says lsu is about the 22nd best team in the God, country this year I you know you, like Brody. that that's what did i do that was that was going to be my pick 22 your exact number was yes. 22 yes look at us man we're thriving i'll go 21 for mb just to like you know <laughs> um but yeah just it it's like I there's no I do not believe there is a scenario where LSU is a top ten team this year. Like I it it would be just shocking to me. So I think twenty two is right, but I say this with understanding that guys, there's just going to be inconsistency, which is why like twenty two. Sorry, I'll try to bring, wrap this land the plane. Twenty two is my way of saying on the right nights they're number eleven, and on the wrong nights they're probably going to be forty five. Like they are their top level talent, their first team unit is elite. Or close, you know, they have elite guys. Yes. But the depth is just not there. They are going to slip up. We talked about this last week a lot. So, yeah, I think 22 is just the right area, you know, because it's like, I think at the end of the day, they go eight and four, but have some impressive wins and you put them in the back end of the top 25. You're, you're right. And it's funny that like these, at this point, and, you know, I'm 32. I, we have, I have seen so many preseason rankings and, you know, listeners older, older than us will, will, will decry me on that too. But, it's almost like a game now. Like when I read 25, I was like, this is a slap in the face. Like I'd rather you not rank us than rank us 25. But no, you're right. But in, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but like in what world could you rank you higher? Because you have done nothing in three years to prove it. See, that's why I would say if, if I was a writer that liked LSU, but was taking in all the data that, that you were saying and, and the, the logic that, that you were presenting, like put them 22. Don't put them 25. Like 25 is like, you know what? Um, you're, you're in the club line and it's like, actually, oh, are you by yourself? You, you don't have anybody with you? Okay. And, and you need, you want to come in? All right. I, I guess we got room Does for like, to you? no, but it's just like, it's like, at least you got a standing room only ticket in the top 25. It's like, well, I'd rather go home and watch it on TV and then like do something to where I can get the, the nice ticket into a seat than, than 25. And I know, I know how stupid that is, Brody. I'm not. I'm not saying that I have a bunch of logic behind that, but to me, 22 is like, okay, we think LSU has a chance to be good. We're not sure. We're not sold on them, but like 22. And, and the thing is LSU's brand is so strong in, in, in this way that like LSU starts two and O they're going to be number 12 in the country. Like immediately. Exactly. That's what I think I always try to remind people. Yeah. Not you, but it's like the second LSU wins, it takes care of itself. Guys, like if you're winning like, in the oh, SEC, watch out for those tigers. And I'm like, yeah, watch out for the tigers. And then we're number 12 <laughs> going into week four and you lose like three touchdowns and all of a sudden you're back at 
Or, you know, go number four, was it? Or th- were they three going into Bama in 2018? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Four. We didn't, we didn't, it was playoff. We, we don't have to yeah. dwell about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I was there. It was, um, it, it was, it was not fun. Um, I was also there. That was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched in my life. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just tough because in what world, based on the evidence you have in front of you, could you ever pretend LSU is, like, proven from the last two years? Like, the guys who are on this team, they're top 25. Like, you just don't. But it's the same know, reason, man. like, putting USC. Because it's like, yeah, you got to put USC in the top 25 now. They got Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and all these dudes. But also, like, what I'm not arguing with you. I'm just like, it, it, I understand that, like, national writers just being like, yeah, you got to, like, you can't put them high. They haven't done anything. To me, like, it's like, I don't know. To, to me, I think LSU's talent level should get them a place in the top 23, maybe 19 to 23. <laughs> I just love that your focus is not – it's about 25 versus 22. Yeah. That is what you are it. thinking about. And that, my friend, is LSU fandom in a nutshell. Put some, put some respect on our name. Like, I'm not – Because I, I always – He's the only one who put you there, man. Wait, what? 25. That's the, he's the, Stu's the only one who even put you there. I know. I know. I'm saying I appreciate Stu in that regard. And then it's like I'm – yeah, I don't know. I, I guess – to what stinks up. is we're getting closer to college basketball in terms of not in that many ways, but in terms of like there mattering. might be a team that literally didn't matter last year, but now they have three five stars coming in. It's like, oh, well, guess what? They are number three in the country now. And it's like we're getting there where it's like, hey, USC didn't matter. And now USC has all these new guys. And it's like, I think they're number 20 or whatever. And it's like, man, that part's going to be hard to adjust to because you're not going off the program as much. You are literally going off like the talent you have to research on your own. But football's different than basketball because guys aren't ready-made. Like You might literally have never heard of a sophomore and then becomes the best player in the country as a junior. That's so hard. It is Sorry, hard. It's just me having my own come-to-Jesus moment here. Like, yeah, you, I feel like you just grew there a little bit. <laughs> or no, I think I, the opposite. I think I'm reaching nihilism. I'm just like, <laughs> man, I don't know if any of this matters. Nothing matters. Um. Yeah, so I, I would put LSU at 22 to put a little respect that's not 25 because to me, I, and I guess I'm viewing this the more in-season rankings, but like 24 and 25 to me are like, you're on your last shot. Like, we think you're you're not great, for especially for a school like LSU. Like, to me, like, if they're, if like Western Kentucky is, you know, nine and one, it's like, yeah, put them at, put them, or like maybe even seven and one and they've beaten one team Nine and one, they feel like it's later in the season. But like, yeah, put them at twenty four and twenty five. They they earn the spot. But like the the douchey LSU fan in me is like, well, this is like your last chance. You you have three strikes, and if you have a fourth, you're you're out of this club until next year. Like, we'll see you later. Get out of here. So yeah, that, that's why I'm like twenty five feels like worse to me than unranked. I understand. So you're right. Maybe you should like. Maybe these writers need to just actually call their shot. It's like if you think they're going to be good, go 18, go 14. Well, like, it's it's because there's also, something to that. It's also tough for these writers to do because we are speaking from one vantage point, and then like yes. one slot up is Wisconsin at 24. I'm sure they think they're better than that. Houston's 20. I think Stu was actually ready to go a little higher, and I'm just like, hey man. I, and I basically told him, oh, I'm like, so I you're don't think so talk. you are the hater in chief. I'm about the hater-in-chief. I just reminded him that I'm the same guy who thought LSU was going to be really good in 2021. I'm like, 2020 is an outlier. Talent's there. 
And then I'm, I was just so wrong. So I'm like, man, there's an element of it. until proven otherwise, putting him any higher than that is just delusion. So yeah, it is very interesting. Sure. Okay, I want to I, like I, I am veering off the path a little bit because I th- I think yeah, we have please. covered our, our our thoughts. But I'm just yeah, looking at these rankings. Um, you know, USC is number twenty. They basically have an entirely new team. Uh, it feels like at least at the top line. Interesting rankings to me here. He has Kentucky at nineteen. It's a hard year. I think Kentucky is a yeah. fascinating team this year. I'm kind of glad LSU's not playing them again. Um, because yeah, because they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They got some everybody dudes, loves but, like, that guy. They also lost their coaches. Like they lost uh, Liam Cohen to the Rams, the OC. Like yeah, man, it's tough. It's I mean this is this right. is also this is kind of backsliding into like the whole Mark Stoops conversation we had before the hire of like he's doing clearly a good job there. Um, they have a good quarterback. It, it, it was it was an eye popping moment. I know that he played well last year, and he's he's a good prospect. But you know, to see Nate Tyson or uh, Dane Brugler, our uh, the athletics draft guy, put him like in the top ten as as a quarterback from Kentucky, it's just something doesn't really compute right there. In in a but this is good for them. So that's interesting that that they're at nineteen. I feel like they could like get in the top ten pretty easily, or you know maybe they fall off because they. They play in a tough division in the SEC, and they have a lot of competition around them. Yeah, the, like maybe they don't have the same like depth they had last year, right? Yeah, so it's always like that can trick you totally. The other interesting thing um, was that th- um, this is such. Oh, go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. I just think this is such a hard year because like the second you get past like I don't know Utah at five because like you, we know Utah is really really good, right? It's like once you pass like. The one I don't even know like Clemson's at four. I'm not even sure about that at all. But like once you get past Utah at five. You are literally just guessing, not because the right like Stu or whoever is not doing the research, but it's like there is nobody you are sure of. Mm-hmm. Like A and M at six, it's like yeah, do I actually think A and going to end up being number six this year? Probably not. But like if I'm ranking who I know is loaded with talent, it's like I guess it is them. Yeah. Or like Michigan State had that great year, but like I'm not, I'm I don't think they're going to be as good. But like you got to hang them out or like and but then you go to like NC State, who if you look at like SP. SP NC State and Tennessee are the two ones that I'm so intrigued to follow this year because if you just go off like SP plus and like returning production, all those metrics that I love nerd out over, they are like top 10 teams, no doubt. Like they, the, what they're bringing back, all that stuff, they were pretty interestingly good last year. Like they should be great. So like they should both be top 10 if you go off that, but it's like, do I actually think either of those teams are top 10? I don't know. So it's like, one one side of it, it's like you're just going off projection with their talent, like an A and M. On the other side, you're like leaning too hard on last year. And I, I just, it's once you get past five, I have no idea. That's right. Let's I, let, let's look at SP Plus for a second because it it makes LSU's schedule seem a lot harder. LSU's opponents, yeah, in, in the rankings: Alabama number three, Texas A and M number six, Tennessee number nine, Mississippi State yeah. number twelve. Then we have Florida at 18. We have Ole Miss at 22, Auburn at 25, Arkansas at 28, and LSU is down, down, down um, at 45. So it is tough. It's hard. And, I, you know. SP plus, SP plus has been a really tough spot these last two years. Yeah. No doubt about it. Because the thing they're best at is now, like, just kind of thrown out the window in the offseason. Mm hmm. So like right. it's just hard, man. Bring, bringing yeah, returning talent and like uh, with the transfer port and everything. Um, the only other team I wanted to mention in these top twenty-five rankings was Arkansas. 
I was fascinated that they are like considered a top fifteen team. Um, am I dumb that I just don't see it? Like I know they had a good year last year, but to me they they don't feel like they have the staying power, and and then they lose two of their good cornerbacks and uh, defensive backfield players to us. So I'm lost their top two playmakers on offense. Yeah. I'm just I, I I don't like what am I missing here? Do you can you give me your unbiased take on why Arkansas is a top 15 16 team? I think the answer probably just comes down to like people. I think I've talked to some people who like know that program better and they're like you know, my buzzword is always infrastructure. Like I think they have like a good deep team, but they have lost all their dudes and it's like Arkansas is a program that hasn't gotten like None of us look at them as in the benefit of the doubt club, right? Like, we don't just assume Arkansas is going to reload. So, like, I think in our head, we're like, who are their players? <laughs> like, who yeah. are their good guys? Because right. we haven't seen it, and I'm with you. Like, I, I have no optimism in Arkansas. But I guess the people who know better are like, hey, they should reload decently. So, yeah, I don't – I am not viewing Arkansas as a top 20 team right now. But I'm also not going to pretend I know better. Is that fair? That's fine. I don't – I would be lying to your face if I was like, you know, man, that Arkansas D line, you know, I have no clue. Yeah. I swear to God, if like Dwight McLaughlin has a pick six against LSU, I'm, I'm going to be so upset. Um, I kind of forget he's there now. Did a little cornerback yeah. trade. Um, any other, any other preseason ranking stock uh, LSU wise? I just, it's so, you're right. No, this, I think we covered it well. This is a hard year. It's going to, it makes, uh, if I step back as my unbiased observer, it's going to be a really entertaining year because I think the transfer portal, like you said, has made it harder to predict who is, who's going to be good outside of like the top four or five programs that are reloading and not, you know, suffering this swap situation. Um, who knows? It's going to be, we're going to throw the pasta at the wall. We're going to see what six. And I guess that's exciting as a college football fan. It terrifies me as an LSU fan, as everybody knows from last yeah. week. Um, but you heard it here first. Hold that podcast as LSU at number twenty-two preseason. Maybe we should keep the maybe maybe you and I should keep our own preseason LSU rankings every week, uh, and I'll I'll tell you how I'm feeling about everything. And it's I like it. I, I just love the idea of the AP poll coming out and you just quote tweeting like say it's twenty-five <laughs> and you being like this is BS. It should be twenty-two. That's what really cracks me up here. So I want that. To it's happen. it's good. You need to actually. You know what's going to happen is that LSU is going to beat Florida State like thirty-one to seven in the Superdome, and yeah. I'm going to say... They're going to jump to 10. No, yeah. they're going to jump to 1. They're going to be like, show me the data on who who has a better win right now. <laughs> Please don't do that. We're, we're going on data. We are we are going on games played in 2022, and to me, LSU's the best team. I can't wait it. You, you heard it here first. It's going to happen. Um, all right, let's let's move on to something just as, just as important and hard-hitting news-wise. Um, our colleague Dan Ubbin wrote a really fun uh, mailbag. David, come on, David Ubbin. Wow, I did that. Sorry, David. I, I I really apologize for that. It's it's been a long day already. Um, David Ubbin wrote a great mailbag, SEC centric, that you you guys should all go read. Uh, the interesting question that I wanted to talk about with Brody was he had a reader submit that the very real possibility that if LSU were to move to nine conference games. Uh, which a lot of people have been trying to do for uh, almost a decade now, yeah. it feels like. Um, but if that happens, you know, we, we've been focusing on if or 
not, it will happen. But if it happens, you know, we will have an uneven number of home and away games for every SEC team. So what is the solution there? You know, we have this guy brings up, uh, this guy Josh brings up the cocktail party. It's a neutral site game every year. Uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M playing at Jerry World uh, is a neutral game that they, they've done. Um, and so they, they tried to come up with different ideas for in-conference and maybe even in-division neutral site games to keep that home and away uh, uh, balance there. Yeah. Uh, um, he, they came up with a, the, a couple interesting ideas for these games. Uh, what I want to do, first I'll touch on the LSU idea they had was Texas A&M and LSU playing every year at Reliant Stadium in Houston. Brody and I talked about this before we recorded. I see the logic there. Uh, as an LSU fan, and I would hope the Texas A&M fans would agree, that sounds like the most boring thing that I can think of. Because, well, two, I mean, you have two of the best atmospheres in the SEC and all of college football that you are playing at every other year. Why are you going to strip that down for the husk of an NFL stadium that will sell out, I'm sure, but it's still not those cool college environments that really are the lifeblood of the sport. Am I wrong? No, you, you are not wrong. It's tough. Like, it's not exciting, but then you have to ask yourself, like, okay, I think you have to start with the question of which team do you want it to be, right? Like, because, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be like a – because a lot of the ones he picked, understandably, are like border ones, right? Like, you're on the border and you pick something close. Right. But one, should we pick – like, you know, if you're going to do that, yeah, A&M, LSU, and Houston. At first, I was like, man, it's too close to A&M. But honestly, I think it's a good pick. Ah, it's tough. Houston is an A&M town. Like, it's A&M it people in Houston. So, but also Houston does have like a large, like Cajun Louisiana population. Mm-hmm. And like, there's pro- like LSU always travels well to Houston. Also, they play in Houston, like for the Texas Bowl multiple times. There are a ton like of that, LSU people twice. there. I mean, you see yeah, all those LSU. It could work. It's a short drive. You have enough people there. It could work. But yeah, it's just tough because like that, a lot of the ones, like, you know, Georgia, Auburn, and Atlanta is a suggestion. I mean, as much as I genuinely understand that Auburn is pretty close to Atlanta, feels like that's going to be a Georgia home game, right? Or like Tennessee, Kentucky, and Nashville. That's actually kind of interesting because Nashville's far enough from Knoxville, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. And Nashville is enough of like a um, big city. And it's, a, it's literally another college town. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of what well, I guess it'll be awkward for Vanderbilt to be like, hey, there's another SEC game going uh, on in the city. Th- do you imagine Vanderbilt like trying to claim its territory in this situation? And like, I hope they do. There man. were probably Just more like Kentucky that. fans and Tennessee fans in Nashville than Vanderbilt fans. I'm, I'm oh, sorry, Vanderbilt. Maybe fans. so. So actually, at first, I was going to say no to that one. I actually think that's a great one because I love that scenario. <laughs> Big brothers um, are here, and they, he has to stay in your room this weekend. <laughs> you, you're on the couch, Vanderbilt. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> grandma and grandpa are here. Sorry, man. Um, yeah. Okay. So I've thought about it a little bit. Here's what I want to say first. Here, here's, here's, here's an idea I have. And I, I kind of mentioned this to you briefly before we recorded. I think we should totally flip this. I think we should send Texas A&M and LSU like, to Atlanta. Or uh, let's make it a true neutral site game. And, and I understand like we'll be close, bring a lot of fans. But like I don't know. There's something so soulless about making these big games a neutral side game and let's let's get weird with it so we don't have to lose the spirit of the game 
I, man, it's a fun concept. Because, yeah, when neutral sites first started, and the, I mean, don't be wrong, it's still going this way, but, you know, the buzz has died down on, on it a little bit. It would be like, yeah, like Oregon and Georgia, you know, and like meeting in Texas. Like, it was fun. Oregon and LSU, oh, and 2011. They played Jerry Dome. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah, like, it was a lot of stuff like that. And I feel like we've gotten away from that a little. But, man, like, that's tough. I think we just need to get weirder with it in between our both these ideas. So, like, I want Arkansas, LSU, and Shreveport, baby. Independent Stadium. <laughs> That's what baby, I This want. is, like, I'm there. My family's from Shreveport. Like, I... Well, you from Shreveport? The, uh, my family's from Shreveport, and, like, it's interesting that the only game that I would ever miss, the home game that I would ever miss, is... And it used to be the, the Arkansas game, and now it's Thanksgiving game, or A&M game at home. Um, but it was Arkansas game every year. And then it's like the road games, you know, Shreveport is full of Arkansas people too. Um, that, that would be a great atmosphere. I don't know if, um, I think I would love for the SEC and LSU to Arkansas to maybe chip in some funds to, uh, maybe update the independence ball a little bit. No, that's the bit. It has to be (laughs) that. I I really think strongly about it. Have you been to the independence ball lately, Shreveport. Have you been to that stadium? No, I've actually never been. It's um, I've been to Shreveport. I've never been to that stadium. I've I've been. To, I went to LSU played in two Independence Bowls in the '90s, and I was at both of them. And I also went to. Fun fact about young Chris: my my father went to Ole Miss. He's an LSU fan now, so don't don't yell at him. Um, but I don't think I ever knew they went there. Wow. So, Ole Miss played Oklahoma. It was I think it was 1999. It was on New Year's Eve. Uh, in the Independence Bowl. And it was the year before Oklahoma won the national title. Bob Seuss was the head coach. Josh Heupel was the quarterback. Uh, Ole Miss ended up winning that game, I believe, on, on the last second field goal. It was cold. It was like snowing. It was gross. But I've been to that stadium. Like LSU, And then my favorite trivia is that LSU, I was there when LSU played uh, Michigan State, coached by a young Nick Saban, and beat the hell out of them. They they had Tony Banks as a quarterback that was going to be a Heisman winner. Uh, Eddie Kinnison returned a punt for a touchdown. I was very young. I still remember it. Um, I say all this. I have very fond memories at the Independence Bowl. I, yeah, I, make it make it. I make don't know. Kent would be in just, heaven. It's it's. I think it's a fun bit. I I don't know how many. <laughs> yeah, I I'm actually falling um, more in love with this as I think about it because uh, it's it, it's just hilarious. It's it's. It's a, I got a better it, one. It's slightly nicer than a high school stadium, and it has a lot exactly. of charm. LSU, LSU two. Oh, well, it's not SEC. Darn it. LSU Tulane and Thibodeau was going to be my other one. Nichols, <laughs> you know, I really want to get just as weird as possible. Okay, here. so, <laughs> but I, Brody, I think you've hit on something because I'm looking at. I I wanted to look at the SEC West teams just to like think about. We're growing economies. We are, but to think about what game would I like. As a fan, if I am a traveling fan and I like, you know, I've been to a bunch of Auburn games in the recent history, Alabama games, of course, um, Ole Miss games. I haven't been to State and I have not been to A&M. I've been to Arkansas. The game that I don't think I would ever miss as a fan personally is making the trip to Fayetteville or Little Rock. You know, this game could belong in Independent Stadium because the stadium in Little Rock is terrible too. So... No, we don't need to go back yeah. there. Um, I love this. 
I think. And it, but it would, do we have any other like good concrete ones? Because I really don't like. I think Houston is unfortunately the best real option. I know, and see, and they're gonna say, why would we? Why would we sell out a bad stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana, for this game and sell like uh, I don't know, fifty, sixty thousand tickets, or try to sell like seventy-five or eighty for this NFL stadium and have the best facilities for our and players and everything. And it's like the second you get too literal with it, with like being like, well, no, it should like, you know, say we wanted to suggest, I don't know, LSU, Georgia and Birmingham. Right. Like, cause that's like kind of middle. Right. And it's like, but then you just be like, why in the world would Birmingham, like, why would there be a massive game in a state with other two other major schools? Like if you get too literal with it, it's actually just stupid. So then it's tough because it's like, but then you get too close to being home games for one of the schools. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to the idea that it's just kind of specific to those ones that work so well. That it's like, it's awesome that the cocktail party works as well as it does. It does. It's awesome that uh, Red River works as well as it does. Right. Because there is that in between, you know, win-win. But like, maybe a lot of time there just isn't. See, that's the other thing. So, you know, when I was playing the Cotton Bowl, which is not the nicest stadium but it's still in the big city you know it's still in this huge metropolis this big stage this hub where people are so i i get the economics of it but i think you convinced me brody we need to have lsu arkansas in shreveport because a it will it will really do a lot to honor the north louisiana fans that lsu has that that never really get uh they're always driving to lsu things i think the only lsu thing that comes to them is uh, a if LSU's in the Independence Bowl, which means a bad year for LSU, or b yeah. if the like the coaches uh, the what, what am I, the coach train that goes there the the what is it called you know what I'm talking oh, about coaches carousel coach coaches carousel. carousel yeah that goes to Shreveport to shake some hands and say hi but uh, it's also a short- I'm not ruling out Monroe you know like I don't want to get too stubborn here uh, Monroe is a short drive down I twenty um, I don't think anybody. I think Shreveport is the more natural fit. Uh, it is also close to Dallas for any any fans that are there. You know, there's a lot of Arkansas people in Dallas. That's that is the yeah. closest uh, hub to that. So uh, I think when we, I was gonna say actually, if I wanted to be realistic, is LSU Arkansas Dallas the actual right answer? Kind of, yeah. Um, I guess like they have their own well, Arkansas thing you, going on. To your point, the whole Jerry Jones thing, but like. Yeah, they, they, they have their A&M game there. And, like, Dallas has so many A&M and Arkansas people that we don't need to step on their toes. I don't want to enter that world with them. Uh, All right, fair enough. We can play them in a Cotton Bowl at some point or whatever. Um, I think we're, we're representing 318. We're playing this game in Shreveport. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw up some paperwork, maybe a memo to send to Scott Woodward. You know, when I tweet it out, I'll tag everybody. Um it's Let's get call. the campaign going. LSU, Arkansas, and Shreveport. Make it happen. And it's a neutral site game. <laughs> Independent Stadium. Capacity 63,000. They would sell out of that in a heartbeat. Not bad. And we could all go all stay right. at the casinos. All right. Sorry. I'm Ooh, sold. No. I'm, Hit up Bozier. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. We have spent far too long on this, but that was very fun. Um, if you guys, you know, I, I will say, if you guys have a better idea please tweet at us um birdie what's a great emoji for shreveport oh god you might be the better person to ask <laughs> um, what would i even pick i have no idea uh tweet a shrimp at me 
for the Herbie K's yeah, uh, butterfly yeah. shrimp uh, special that is delightful, and everybody in Shreveport should go get that. Man, I'm getting hungry, by the way. I yeah, eaten. you're welcome. So, Shoot. great segue to the last five minutes segment. Um, we got a wonderful question from Richard Dukin. I hope I said your name right, Richard. Uh, it could be Duckin, could be Dukin. I went with Dukin. I think it's Dukin. I, I hope I'm right. He touched on something that I have seen on uh, the, let's say, Cajun South Louisiana internet, more on TikTok when I veer into uh, Cajun food discussions there somehow, is that people have really strong feelings on pastalaya. Now, for those of us, really, really for, do. for those listeners who might not know or might not have had pastalaya before, I would really love to see the Venn diagram of our listeners who have never had pastalaya, but that's a, that's a data point for another day. Um, pastalaya is jambalaya with pasta. Uh, to me, it is delightful. I love a good pastalaya. Um, it is a different texture with the same flavors that are very comforting to me. Spicy, good, rich, warm. Uh, but some people would just think it's absolute garbage and that jambalaya should be the only uh, dish that has that flavor profile. Um, I'm going to stand up for pastelaya here and say that pastelaya is unfairly slandered and that pastelaya so, should be served more places. I don't understand the hate. I feel like the hate isn't about their thoughts on literally consuming pastelaya. I feel like the hate has more to do with like the you know um what's the word i'm thinking of here the tribalist like you know like no jambalaya is our thing what are you doing like i think that's what it has more to do with than like they are so proud of that that they're like this because my girlfriend a louisiana woman uh is absolutely on that camp who like when someone brings up pasta she's like that's not jambalaya like it it, like angers her so i I don't understand why i I think that's that's more what it's about we need to get somebody on that um that thinks this way because i just said I, I could understand if somebody was like, you know what? Anytime I want that those kind of flavors, I'm going jambalaya every time. I get that. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm I very rarely I actually barely I've had incredible pastelaya and it was great. But like, do I put it in the same tier? No, not even a little. Really? Like not even no. Again, that's not Damn. hating, but like jambalaya is one of my favorite things, period. At least when well executed. There's some bad jambalaya out there. But yeah, uh yeah. but like but pastelaya, just like it's just, I think it's fair to say it's just a different thing. I know it's technically the same stuff, but it's kind of not. I don't know. I think that's what makes it fun, though, is that I, I guess it's two different ways here. I guess it is tribalism of people being like, it's that's what I it know is. this flavor profile. This is jambalaya. Stop messing with my favorite thing. When I'm like, wow, I love the creativity because this is something I love and, and grew up loving. And like, you're right, there are a lot of bad jambalayas out there. But a, a well-made jambalaya is like top tier. I, I literally, this is so cliche. And with, if I think of a jambalaya, I think of somebody scooping it out of a big black steel pot at a tailgate to me in a styrofoam uh, cup that I can eat in 14 seconds, uh, you know, before I go back to drinking my beer or whatever. So, but I think it's like cool that it's like, oh, and now we get to have this with pasta that somebody's going to make and it's going to be delicious. And like, what a great twist. Creativity. And other people are like, I, I hope you rot in hell. I yeah, guess- I think the bummer for me is I don't think pasta like absorbs the flavor the same way rice will. I can see you that know? point. Yeah, I mean, it's still good. Yeah, I, I need to have more pasta light. And if you, we want to have a taste test, people want to make food for us. Who am I to say no? But And by the way, if you have thoughts, I want to hear them. Like, I am open to being convinced 
But I do think it's just a slightly different world, but I do enjoy it. Okay, two calls to action for our listeners right now. One, tweet us and tell us your thoughts on Pasalaya because I want to see how, how um, rampant this is, this hate. Because I'm wondering if this is a very loud minority or if I am just like totally unaware of this long-standing war between Pasalaya people and Jambalaya people that I, I just have missed my entire life in South Louisiana. Fascinated by it. And also, if you are a Pasalaya person, send me a recipe. I will make it. Yeah. And Brody and I will eat it for our next podcast. Chris is a good cook. So, Bro- Brody and I are going to start recording oh. in person a lot more. We're, we're ramping up the podcast. We have exciting things coming for you. And the first thing is going to be an it- in-person Pasalaya taste test. Oh, sold. Um, also, by the way, guys, send us more, you know, whether it's to B Miller at the athletic or C branch at the athletic or to our Twitter DMS or whatever, or just on Twitter, send us more questions. Like we want more. I also think we're gonna do live rooms soon. Uh, if you're not familiar, you know, with the whole, you know, Twitter spaces, all that kind of stuff. Like we want to do more interactive stuff. We want to like have more fun with it and lean into your questions more. So please send us more like prompts or just goofy questions you have or serious questions you have, because we want to, we want to engage with it. So that'd be awesome. We do it all. So I guess we can call this the Postalite and Trueport episode. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start all we these found, We know our niche. Or uh, we're going to get fired tomorrow. One or the other. Man, that would, I guess we're going out with a blaze of glory. Um, that's, a, that's a great place to stop here, <laughs> Honey, Brody. I got fired. What What for? Well, <laughs> strong feelings on Shreveport. You know, we've as old as time. People have been fired for less than strong feelings on Shreveport. Uh, that's a yes. great place to end this episode, Brody. It's been lovely. Thank you all for listening. Please rate us five stars. Leave a review wherever you leave it. Uh, I'm looking forward to your Pasalaya thoughts and uh, seeing you all in Shreveport in like five years when we make this game happen. Thank you guys for listening. See ya.